In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The rich fool was caught off guard, surprised that the many years of his future had been shrunk to a single night. He was surprised that his overflowing... It goes without saying, of course, that these were not good surprises. They were, in fact, the worst kind of surprise, because he should have seen them coming. And so Jesus tells us with his parable, take care and be on your guard and behind bars. It's not like having a safety plan in place in case of an emergency. Guarding yourself against greed is more like struggling alongside Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night in which he was betrayed. He tells you to watch and to pray parable today. His problem really wasn't all of the stuff that he had. His problem was that he wasn't on guard. His land produced plentifully, and his first reaction was to consult with himself, to ask his own soul, what shall I do with? And that's really what the word covetousness means in our text. Very simply, it's a life that's aimed at having too much, grasping after, clinging to, and trusting in an abundance of stuff. If he had been on guard, then the rich fool might that our barns aren't big enough. We'll build bigger ones to hold all this stuff. And then, once we've done that, we'll sit down and have another chat about how we can enjoy our newfound financial freedom. But his soul was wrong. It was wrong about the barns, and it was wrong about his future, and it was wrong about freedom. If you had more than enough stuff, if money were no object, you might think that you were free to do whatever you wanted, to have whatever you choose. But that, in fact, is not freedom. Being able to do what you want isn't freedom. Being able to follow your desires isn't freedom. It's not freedom because your soul is bound up with greed. That's a fact. It's your soul that is in shackles and behind bars. You should know that about yourself. And so Jesus means it when he says, take care. Now this is the reason why we talk about money, about giving at church. And this is why you should tend your giving. That means being active and conscientious in your giving. No matter who you are, tend your giving. Now, it's easy, of course, to be skeptical about a preacher in a pulpit talking about money. But here's why this matters. It's not about keeping the lights on or paying the bills. And it's not some underhanded attempt to get myself a private jet. And it's not even because you all don't give enough. In fact, if you were to ask Jesus, do I give enough? He'd probably answer you much like he answered the disenfranchised brother in our text today. What does that have to do with me? He would say. 
It's a matter of jurisdiction, you see. Jesus replied, Who made me a judge and arbitrator over you? What do I care about your money? It would be like if I brought my sister before a judge for all the times she cheated in Monopoly when we were kids. What does that have to do with me, the judge would reply. Shouldn't you be able to figure this out on your own? Justice is concerned with much more important matters than Monopoly. But for all Jesus cares, your stuff might as well be Monopoly money. The disenfranchised brother thought that his question about the inheritance warranted a divine judgment. It didn't. Your stuff doesn't warrant a divine judgment. It's not your stuff that will be required of you. It's your soul. So here's why you should tend your giving. It's an opportunity to take care and be on your guard. It's an opportunity to find out what you really think about all your stuff. It's an opportunity for you to remember just what your stuff is for. And it's an opportunity for you to obtain financial freedom. You see, freedom is not simply getting to do what you want. Freedom is getting to love God and love your neighbor. Freedom is getting to do good with all the stuff you've been given. That's what your stuff is for, and that's what you are for. Now, I said this wouldn't be easy, and if it hasn't been easy so far, just bear with me a bit longer. It's going to get just a bit harder. When you tend your giving, you'll be tempted to react in one of two ways. Either you'll be tempted to say to yourself, Soul, look how much we give. It's certainly more than enough. Or you'll be tempted to say, Soul, we don't give enough. We should give more. Now, in either case, the temptation is rooted in your question. Am I giving enough? That's not a question you should ask Jesus, and it's certainly not a question you should ask your soul. So when that happens, thank God. Because he has just shown you your covetousness. Take care and be on your guard. Here's what you should do next. Stop thinking about yourself. Stop chatting with your soul. Direct your attention to Christ on the cross, who in complete selflessness gave away everything he had forgive your sins. Listen to Christ as he promises you an eternal inheritance from his Father. Remember all of the lavish ways that he gives his forgiveness to you from the mouths of your pastors whose lives revolve around forgiving your sins. In the abundant waters of baptism, which wash you clean daily in repentance, and in the feast of his body and blood, which fill you with richness toward God, which fill your soul with the Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit is, there can hardly be any greed, can there? So receive all those good things from Jesus, and then, then look around 
and see all the good you can do. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.